Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Show your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. And in a week eight that was full of Week 8 got to be ultimate weird for the NFL. You had Cooper Rush getting the win last night over the Minnesota Vikings. Coming in is as the backup for Dak Prescott. Mike White coming in for the New York Jets. Zach Wilson goes down with an injury last week in Week 7. Week 8, Mike White comes up, beats the Bengals. Somehow, the Saints got a win over the Buccaneers even when Trevor Simeon came into the game after Jameis Winston went down with a knee injury. And then with the 49ers, didn't look like there was going to be any plan to go to the backup. And it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo has at least given Kyle Shanahan another reason to keep him on as starting quarterback for the next few weeks. Because there was an interesting article that came out, and this was from Ian Rappaport before the game. Now, before we do get to the game, of course, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. What were your takeaways from this game against the Bears? Has the season still been alive for you? The entire time, have you ever lost faith in this 49ers team and has it been restored? Where are you at right now with the 49ers at 888-957-9570? Because we are going to get to the moments of the game. It's not going to just be a whole big picture show. I do want to focus specifically on a few moments from that game. But Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, as you know him, Rap Sheet on Twitter, he wrote an article with the headline, Trey Lance's time may be coming if losses continue for the 49ers. And that was released at 6 a.m. yesterday morning. So just a few hours before kickoff for the Niners and Bears. And Ian Rappaport essentially says if Garoppolo struggles these next couple of weeks, at least in this game, Lance's snap should only increase after he shows that he's completely healthy. Sources believe Lance will be the starter at some point this season, and if the losses continue, that sounds like it'll be sooner rather than later. And then, 
a few hours after Ian Rappaport had written that article, Jimmy Garoppolo does this. Now, that was Garoppolo's second rushing touchdown of the game. And funnily enough, with his box score that he had yesterday, because Garoppolo is 17 of 28 for 322 yards with a 100.6 rating, there was somebody who went back on pro football reference and looked at the last, or excuse me, looked at the last 50 years in the NFL. And there's only been five guys who have had a stat line like that where they throw for over 300 yards, have a 100 passer rating, and they don't even throw a touchdown. <laughs> and, and, and they didn't even go so far as to say which quarterbacks went in for two rushing touchdowns with those types of numbers. And who knows uh, who else is on that list. But I thought Garoppolo yesterday, in the first half, wasn't very impressed with what I was seeing. At least before uh, that, the, the at least before that final drive before the end of the uh, before the first half. But you know, I, I thought that Garoppolo looked comfortable, and the offensive line wasn't giving up much pressure in the first half. But ultimately, I didn't think that there was uh, they could have done a little more. I thought I didn't I didn't think targeting Mohamed Sanu on third down was the smartest move of all time. But then in the second half, and not even the second half, let's just go to the end of the second quarter because there were a couple of huge plays that Garoppolo was making. Let's go to this first one here to Debo Samuel. Right now, if you're San Francisco, you're really playing to get in field goal range and spike it. Garoppolo looking deep. He's got Debo Samuel separating, and he makes the catch inside the five. Now they have to run all the way down and clock it. They got time. Take your time. They got time. Get set. 50-yard connection to Debo Samuel. And you had that big play. And that throw, credit to Fox for the audio, that throw from Jimmy Garoppolo was as good a throw as I've seen him make in his time with the 49ers. Like, it was on the money. Putting up, it was a fantastic catch by Debo Samuel, and don't worry, we'll get to Debo Samuel as well because he was uh, one of the stars of the show. But that throw by Garoppolo right there, it showed that he can do it. They don't do it too often. They tried earlier on in the game, which I was actually a fan of. They tried going for it deep um, earlier on, and I thought that you know it was a good moment to do it. But that throw was right on the money, and. You know, I, I don't know how often they could do that in games. You know, I'm not saying it needs to be, you know, you you got to throw deep on every single possession. But if you're in an opportunity, especially one like that, where you know you're you're at a point where you're at third and four, you and and, and you've already had some weird time with the clock. Like I didn't really understand what happened with uh, Kyle Shanahan there. Because they got to third and four, then they got the first down to Brandon Ayuk, this being the possession before the end of the first half, and they let 30 seconds run off the clock before calling their third timeout. I didn't really understand what Kyle Shanahan was trying to do there, but instead, when they're at their own 46, 
Garoppolo does that and you get a deep shot on first and 10 cuz why not? You got 25 seconds left in the in the second quarter. You're in a situation where you got plenty of downs to work with and really what you're aiming for is field goal range. Why not take a deep shot? And and Kyle Shanahan, I do put that on Kyle Shanahan that he hasn't done that enough this season. But also, you know, the offensive line hasn't been given up uh, many or has been given up a lot of pressures this year and forcing, you know, Garoppolo or Lance, whoever's in, out of the pocket. But this time he was just comfortable and they let Debo Samuel run a go route right by the corner there. I thought it was a fantastic play and they only ended up getting a, uh, a field goal out of it. But the best play to come out of this, the biggest play, was right after halftime. First possession for the 49ers after giving up only a field goal where uh, where the where the Bears drove 13 plays all the way down to San Francisco's seven and somehow they uh, they had to kick a field goal. Really good play by Fred Warner there, by the way, uh, to stop them on third down. But following that drive, when it was 16 to nine, and the 49ers they need a spark, they needed something. Debo Samuel does this when it gets to third and 20. Unbelievable. Third down and 20. Boy, you'd love to have some of these weapons that the Niners are missing right now. Yeah, you can't, you can't stress enough, right? You'd love Khalil Mack if you're Chicago, but I'll tell you, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you'd love to have George Kittle. Plays like this that they'd love to have him. They'll go with the screen to Samuel, though. He's got blockers and a first down and more. Foot race, Samuel, lunging to the And one of the underrated parts of this drive, credit to Fox, is that catch could have been a touchdown, but of course Debo Samuel stepped out of bounds. And that started a spark with this offense. But I thought this is going to be, this is something that nobody's really going to talk about. And I, I think this was a big play overall in that drive. But they were down at the one. You're expecting that they're going to run the football and just push it in. And, and that's what's going to happen. But then Lakin Tomlinson gets held, and you get you go back five year, yards, and you're at sh- the Chicago six instead of the one. So you got six yards to make up for, as opposed to just not even a yard. It was just a little less than a yard. But then Elijah Mitchell makes a huge run for four yards. That way you're at second and two, and you got a lot more room to work with. I like that play call there with going for the run because. You're giving yourself a lot of time to at least get set and, you know, not just try and throw for a possible short yardage incompletion, which had happened earlier on in the red zone. And this 49er team hasn't been great from the red zone this season. And then Garoppolo just ends up running it in anyway. Gotta wonder, is this four down, right? Is he telling his quarterback, we got two downs now to get this touchdown? Garoppolo, a designed run for Jimmy And then the momentum didn't stop there because they ended up forcing the punt on Chicago. Seven plays for 16 yards, which is huge. Then they follow it up again. And this is where I thought Garoppolo started to look really comfortable. And the offense was running in different ways, that in more dynamic ways that you've seen him run before. You know, short yardage to Debo Samuel. He gets a chunk play for 15 yards. Run it with Elijah Mitchell. 
You know, then short passes to Charlie Warder and then Kyle Juszczyk. And then you just continue to get the ball to Elijah Mitchell and feed him. And then when you're at the 16, he gets an 11-yard gain. And then when they get to the 5, and this is just really what helped blow the game wide open here, but it was this touchdown rub by Elijah Mitchell. This is when you knew the 49ers had the tempo. And off. It is Mitchell. Pushing the And they took the lead. It was twenty-three to twenty-two, and or excuse me, twenty-three to sixteen. And then somehow the Bears would come back and make it twenty-three to twenty-two. And I'll get to Justin Fields later on in the show. But those are the types of plays right there. That eighty-four yard catch, which led to a Garoppolo touchdown run. Then you come back, you force a punt on the other side. Then you follow it up with a drive like that, where you don't even you're only through for what one second down because you were at your own 48 it was first down first down second down first down first down then the touchdown like that's how impressive those drives were and that's where you felt that the momentum had shifted and Kyle Shanahan spoke about this because that Debo Samuel 84 yard catch right there man it sparked something oh, that was that was great I mean we had those first that was the first series of third quarter right yeah, those first two plays got us in the longer distance, uh, especially with that penalty that we had, which was going to end up being the first time we were going to punt, especially being third and long there. And you give it to Debo trying to just flip the field and get it close to a fourth down. But for him to hit it like that, everyone picked up their blocks, which gave him a clean lane. And Debo, who, you know, he was battling his calf all week for him to be able to finish that out and um, get as close to the end zone was awesome. Debo, Debo is just one of the most impressive wide receivers going right now. It seems like whenever you get the ball in his hands, he's going to do something with it. And he, ha- he always has. You know, it just so happens that there's been a couple of seasons where he's been hampered by injury, but so far he looks fully healthy, he looks great, and I think that that's what ultimately led to what the 49ers were doing. But on the other side, I do want to get to Justin Fields as well as the rest of the team because I thought there were other a couple of key components to this game which helped the 49ers get this W 33 to 22 and of course 888-957-9570 you can feel free to weigh in but there's one other player that I want to talk about on this offense that I haven't talked about quite yet and he was the one who scored the two point conversion and you'll know who I'm talking about that's coming up on the other side again 888-957-9570 Stephen Lankford on the pregame show 957 the game how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ukulele speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you.
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Coming up at 535, going to go with my all-week 8 Sunday team. My week 8 all-Sunday team, whichever way I title it where I go through each position and choose the best of the bunch. And I will tell you that two of them are 49ers. So stick around for that. That's coming up at 535. But want to continue to talk about the Niners because the entire first segment, you, you, you can't help but talk about Debo Samuel and everything that he did yesterday because Debo's just been unreal this season unreal and there was a there was a catch i think it was on the 50 yarder not the 84 yarder we're on his route he reached up to 20.83 miles an hour according to next gen stats and i know a lot of people aren't into that but when i see those numbers i'm like damn but there's another guy that we don't really talk too much about because we don't really have much to say and that's with brandon Ayuk. Other than speculation, that's all we really have. But he had seven targets in this game. He had four receptions for 45 yards. And I'm not saying that it was a breakout game for him. Maybe it was. Maybe the fact that he got targeted so many times, more than he has at any game this season, and the fact that he had four receptions for 45 yards, that's something encouraging. Uh, but there was that two-point conversion they had after the Elijah Mitchell touchdown run. And I just want to focus on that two-point conversion really quick. And this is the one that I'm talking about. Trying to make it a seven-point lead. Over the middle to Hayuk, and it's 23-16 Niners. Now, the way they lined up in formation, I'd never seen this from the 49ers before. But they had four wide receivers to the, to Jimmy Garoppolo's right. It was an empty set, no running backs in the backfield. It was only Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun. And he had four wide receivers all lined up to his right. And Brandon Ayuk being the inside guy. So the Bears decided to go man in that situation. And Brandon Ayuk, go back and watch that two-point conversion and focus on that route he ran to fool his defender. 
Because it's not like there was a miscommunication. That's what originally my first thought was when that two-point conversion happened. I was thinking, damn, like they're they're just lined up in such a way that the Bears don't understand what's going on. They don't know how to line up with this. But instead, it was the route because Ayuk turned around as if it was just going to be a tiny little curl, a little hitch route. And then he fooled the defender, had him going one way. Then Ayuk went out to the back of the end zone and completely juked him out. And I thought, man, that route was impressive. He also had that big third down catch earlier on in the game in the first half. And that was one of my favorite plays from Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to be focusing so much on the, you know, that 50 yard catch from Debo, rightfully so, because it was a great play. It was a great play. It was a great throw. But there was a play earlier, and this drive didn't result in anything, but it was a third down. I believe it was third and six. And Garoppolo had pressure colla- uh, pressure had collapsed into the pocket, forced him to scramble to his right. And Garoppolo was really good, I thought, throwing on the run whenever he had an opportunity. But there was a moment where everyone was covered, right? And now you're just playing backyard football at that point. And you see Garoppolo, as he's rolling out, pointing to Ayuk and telling him, hey, run to the outside. You're going to have an open space in the field here. So then he ended up curling it, or he he, he, uh, he ran a hitch inside, and he managed to get into open field. And Garoppolo threw him open, and they ended up getting a first down. Now, it didn't end up in anything. It didn't end up in a score, so no one's really going to pay attention to it. But I thought that that showed there's something there uh, with Ayuk, and maybe he get, just got his confidence back. And no one has been harder on Brandon Ayuk than Kyle Shanahan. Because Kyle Shanahan really has started to speak his mind uh, about Ayuk. And this is, the sim- this is the same type of thing that he did with Dante Pettis when it felt like he was calling him out because he's trying to light a fire under him. Like, Kyle Shanahan's not that type of coach to... Uh, call a player out like that, but he did that with Ayuk earlier this week, and here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say about Ayuk's preparation for this game. Yeah, I thought B.A., I mean, I don't know what his numbers were or anything, but B.A. played his butt off today. He was great. I knew he had a chance going into the game. You know, he's, he's strung together a number of good weeks here, and I felt like this was the main week where his game really went up in practice, where he gave me a lot of confidence throughout the week, gave the quarterbacks a lot of confidence, our team, and I could feel it from him all week, and I felt it today. So um, big props to B.A. today. And with the way that he has been, his season's been handled, because I also think Wes Welker's involved in this too. I, I do think it's not all Kyle Shanahan when it comes to Ayuk's playing time, because there are coaches that he delegates these jobs to. I know he's the head coach and he's the basically the offensive coordinator, even though Mike McDaniels is. But I thought that Ayuk has shown that he can at least get back to who he was. But if you're a head coach like Kyle Shanahan and you're not putting a guy like Ayuk in and you realize the depth that you have at this position, you've already tested it out with Travis Benjamin and Mohamed Sanu being your number one wide receivers. You already tried that. And, of course, there's Debo Samuel as well. But... If you go to Mohamed Sanu, I know he had three catches for 59 yards on four targets, and ultimately he was pretty good, but do you really want that being your third down go-to guy? Kind of like the 
Kendrick Bourne of this team. Remember Kendrick Bourne would always make, you know, drops on those simple plays where it's like first and 10, but then, you know, when it's a when it's a crucial third and 7 and you need a catch, he would end up getting one for you. They're trying to turn Mohamed Sanu into that. I don't know if he can turn into that, but if you're not playing Brandon Ayuk with that skill set, And that ability where he was able to get open on that specific play, like I talked about with Garoppolo there, then I really wouldn't know what Kyle Shanahan is doing. I'd be, I'd be very confused with that. I really would. Hell, Jawan Jennings even got on the field in this one. But Debo Samuel and and Brandon Ayuk, if, if those guys can stay healthy, that's a good one-two punch at wide receiver right there. That's what the Bears are missing right now. Cause the Bears, I actually think they got a nice little team shaping out. You know, once they get rid of Matt Nagy, I never like to call for coaches to be fired, but it feels like his days are numbered there over in Chicago, especially when you got his new interim head coach, Sting, as I call him, because he looks exactly exactly like Sting. Did anyone else not notice that, by the way? (laughs) Anyone else not notice that their interim head coach looked like Sting? I thought he did. Thought he looked like Sting from the police. But I do think there's they're they're a head coach and then a maybe a wide receiver away. Like that's where I think the Bears are at. And then of course a couple of good players on the offensive line. Uh but it looks like the 49ers have that sorted out with Debo and Ayuk. It's just about finding those three third and fourth guys that can contribute, and then you can have a real deep wide receiver core here in San Francisco, especially one that needs to compete with the likes of the Cardinals, who just drafted Rondale Moore in the second round, and D Hop and Christian Kirk. Uh, A.J. Green, I don't know how many years A.J. Green has left, but these guys have been very good. D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in Seattle. You saw Tyler Lockett finally make his presence felt yesterday in their win, and then D.K. Metcalf scoring some big boy touchdowns. They got Dwayne Eskridge, who's also a second rounder. They're hoping to fill out those wide receivers. And then you have the Rams, who... Cooper Cup, numbers-wise, has been better than Debo Samuel this season, along with Robert Woods on the other side. They got a young guy in Van Jefferson. Uh, he was a rookie last year. Like This is a time when they need to fill that out, and I think they're starting to, to find that uh, in, in order to compete with the NFC West. Was very impressed overall uh, with the wide receivers yesterday. And then Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell is a guy I haven't really talked too much about, but 18 carries, 137 yards. And it's pretty clear to me after that touchdown run that, for one, Kyle Shanahan hasn't lost the locker room like people think that he had. Like, that's a full-on effort play right there. You know your team's into it if they're making a play like that. The Chargers did a similar thing uh, in their game yesterday. But I thought Elijah Mitchell, on those toss sweeps, when he gets some open field, man, he is dangerous. Now, there has been a couple of situations where maybe the vision hasn't been what you wanted it to be. You know, where there's a he, he's, he needs to follow the blocker instead and thinks he sees a hole, but instead he, he goes the wrong way and it just doesn't work out. There have been a couple of instances with that. But Elijah Mitchell, it looks like they have really found something with this dude. And, and and I don't know what the future is for Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert, not going to be coming back this season. But if you can get him back next year, I think Raheem Mostert is a great player. And if you have these two guys as your one-two punch, along with those wide receivers, 
I think your offense is shaping up to be pretty nice. But one other guy I haven't really talked about in this uh, this entire time, but it's on the other side of the ball, and it's Justin Fields. Uh, he was very impressive to me yesterday. He had 19 completions for 27 yards, 107, 100, or excuse me, 19 completions on 27 attempts, 175 yards. He had the touchdown, then he also had that interception sealed by uh, Josh Norman at the end of the game. And then, of course, he ran for 10 carries for 103 yards and that insane touchdown run that he had in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to go. Very impressive uh, from the young guy. But you know, I saw a lot of people bringing up Justin Fields and Trey Lance and trying to compare the two. Well, in, in reality, Justin Fields was good, but also he couldn't really pass the ball further than 15 yards accurately. Yesterday, 13 of his 14 complete uh, 13 of his completions, 13 of his 19 were between zero and nine yards. And that's for a total of 98 yards. And then five of them were between 10 and 19 yards, were inside the 20. But outside of that, he was 0 for 2. And I do think that he, much like Trey Lance, needs to work on getting more touch on that throw. Because there was one, it was there was a deep shot where he threw an absolute laser. He felt like he had to in that moment. I thought maybe if he put a little air under it and gave his receiver a little room to run, maybe that could have been completed. Um, but I thought his running style, he chose the right moments to run. He knew when it was during an RPO, for example, when to throw and when to hand the ball off. And I thought that his play fakes were unreal yesterday. I mean, there was that one where where Nick Bosa just completely goes after Khalil Herbert <laughs> and the cameraman has it focused right on the line of scrimmage. And we don't even know that Justin Fields is running all the way down the left sideline with the football. We had no idea. I thought he was very, uh, very magici- magician-like in those handoffs. I thought it was very impressive that way. Uh, but other than that, he still does need to work uh, on the touch on his passes for sure. But it looks like they got something there. I'm not going to... I'm not even going to try and make the whole, well, the Niners could have had Trey Lance, or could you imagine if they went after Justin Fields? I'm not going to go at, I'm not going to get into that whole hypothetical because how it worked out is Justin Fields on the Bear, Trey Lance, Trey, uh, Trey Lance is on the Niners, and that's where we're at. There's no need to create the hypothetical about whether they made the wrong pick or not, especially since we don't, ha- we don't know what Trey Lance is. And that situation over there, and I think what this game proved, is Garoppolo is a much better quarterback than Andy Dalton. And I have no idea why they didn't try and start Justin Fields week one right out of the gate. I I just didn't understand that. That's what my main takeaway was for that, uh, for the Bears yesterday in that game, was how do you not start this guy in week one and just try and develop him? I understand understand that the offensive line is not that good, but come on. Justin Fields has a lot of skill, a lot of talent. But the 49ers were overall too much for him. I think they uh, tired him out toward the end of the game. That defense was really starting to take advantage of that offensive line. Then you capped it off with the sack by Ebu Cam. I thought Nick Bosa was fantastic yesterday. And there was a play, by the way, now that, now that, now that I'm talking about it. There was a play that Fields had where it was a broken down play. All guys were covered. The, the Niners had great coverage on the play. 
and there was a there was a moment where Nick Bosa had set the edge and he left a running lane or a, he left a lane for Fields to possibly pass or to run the football and Fields faked to throw to I mean no one was even no one was even any, anywhere near him no one was in his direction but he faked the throw and somehow bounced to the outside make made Nick Bosa step inside to try and possibly block the pass and then he ran the outside and completely averted Nick Bosa but other than that Bosa put together two sacks overall the defensive line according to Pro Football Focus had 20 pressures DJ Jones had four run stops on 16 of his run defense plays. So I thought they looked, um, they didn't look great in the first half. I thought the Bears offensive line was kind of taking advantage, but then in the second half, that's when you could tell the defensive line was starting to tear, uh, was starting to tire them out, and that's what helped them get the win yesterday, because they needed some good defense to be played. Alright, coming up next, 888-957-9570. Gonna go through my Week 8 All-Sunday team, where I pick one player at each position, one team's offensive line, one team's defensive line, and then we'll go from there. All right, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything from Week 8 of this NFL Sunday, a wacky Week 8. But that's all coming up next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. From the 510. Have you seen Dune yet? No, I haven't. I haven't seen Dune. I managed to finish Squid Game yesterday. I had two episodes left. Managed to finish that one while, you know, keeping sports on the small screen on the laptop. Shout out to the uh, shout out to the Braves and the Astros. They've actually made for a very compelling series here, especially with the way that the Astros came back in that game yesterday when the Braves got off to a 4-0 lead. But I want to continue to talk week eight of this season because it was a wacky one and we will get back to the 49ers and I do have a question afterwards that's in, that involves this text here from the 408 the bears are trash don't get too excited so we will get to a question I have surrounding that text after this but this is my week 8 all Sunday team I like to do this the Monday after every Sunday where I choose a player at each position I choose one team defensive line and one team's offensive line for who showed out in week eight of this NFL Sunday. All right. You know what? Let's start off with the lines, the guys in the trenches, the ones who make it all happen. And we'll start with the defensive line. Now, actually, I had the 49ers on my radar because they did total 20 pressures in this game. They sacked Justin Fields four times, but... The only thing that was stopping him from making this list for Week 8 was the fact that Khalil Herbert was so good rushing the football as well as Justin Fields. I thought Herbert showed a lot. Even though he averaged 3.2 yards a carry, there was a couple where he had some explosive plays, and I didn't think the defensive line looked very good in the first half, so they're not going to get my vote here. But my vote for the defensive line from Week 8 
are the Steelers. They sacked Baker Mayfield twenty, or they sacked him four times. They allowed eighty-three yards on 20, 20 rushes combined between Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson. And when you do that against a Browns offensive line, which is very good, they have been banged up by injuries, but they still are real good going up against a team who is probably going to beat you with the, their defensive line with Miles Garrett and Davion Clowney. The Steelers showed out. T.J. Watt had one and a half sacks in this game in the Steelers' win over the Browns. So the Steelers are my defensive line for my Week 8 All-Sunday team. The offensive line, this was a close one. This was a close one, but I got to give it to the Saints. Had it to the 49ers. I thought the 49ers were good uh, with their offensive line. I thought Lakin Tomlinson uh, was really the only weak link out of any of them. He had a couple of holding calls on Trent Williams, but I got to give it to the Saints on this one because they're part of the reason why they managed to stay in this game uh, with the Buccaneers, even though Jabez Winston went out. They only gave up 11 pressure, pressures total, no sacks on the day. And when you do that against the Buccaneers, front, which is very good, and a front seven who can disguise blitzes and show you all different types of looks. The Saints offensive line held up, and they ended up beating the Buccaneers in yesterday's game, 36-27, to which was just one of the games on the string of weirdness from Week 8. So my offensive line are the New Orleans Saints. All right, let's go to the defense. My cornerback for my Week 8 All-Sunday team, Stephon Gilmore for the Carolina Panthers. Made his debut. Obviously, a lot of 49er fans want him. I know that. But he made his way to the Panthers for a late-round pick. He had an interception with 1 minutes and 15 seconds left in the game to give Carolina the win over the Falcons. And in that time, he only allowed two receptions for 11 yards. So, Stephon Gilmore, that was good enough to get my pick there. I actually had P.J. Williams from the Saints, too, uh, who had a pick six on Brady to seal the game. He made a really nice play on the ball. But Stephon Gilmore, over the course of the game, he was fantastic. And then to seal it with the interception, that was huge to get their, uh, to get their win over over the Falcons, especially in a time when Sam Darnold, no one really knows what's happening with him. He ended up uh, being benched the, uh, last week, then he got hurt with a concussion in this one, and they still managed to get the win. I don't know how, but shout out to the Panthers, man. Shout out to the Panthers, 19 to 13. All right, so that was my quarterback, Stephon Gilmore for the Panthers. My safety. Justin Simmons from the Denver Broncos. He made a fourth down stop earlier in the game, was involved on pretty much every play on the final drive, and then he had two picks, both at the end of each half on Hail Marys. But it was those fourth down stops for me, and a, a big one on second down two in that final possession, which really sealed the deal as Denver ended up getting the win over, oh goodness, where was it? I had it written down here. Where'd it go? Oh, how unprofessional of me. Denver getting the win over Washington, 17-10. to 10. So Justin Simmons was a huge part of that. He is my safety for Week 8. And then my linebacker, I stick with the Panthers, Shaq Thompson. He had nine tackles on the day. He was all over the field. And then in coverage, he only gave up four completions for seven yards, and that was on five targets. And he also had an interception in the second quarter, which was a big one to help bring the Panthers back into the game over the Falcons. So Shaq Jack Thompson is my vote for linebacker for my Week 8 All-Sunday team. All right, let's get to the offense. My tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Not a lot of good tight end play in Week 8. 
The week after National Tight End Day, not a lot of good stuff happened. Dallas Goddard was the next man up. I think he had like four receptions for 72 yards. For the TJ Hawkinson, he caught 10 of his 11 targets for 89 yards. And we all know what happened uh, with the Detroit Lions. I actually thought we were setting up for a possible upset special <laughs> with the Lions and the Eagles. But the Eagles ended up winning 44-6. to And the Lions just seemed to be deteriorating as the weeks roll on. But even though there were only six points scored, TJ Hawkinson, good day uh, at tight end. Not really a great day anywhere else. I mean, who are any to point out for the 49ers and the Bears? Charlie Werner and Cole Komet? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess Jesse James. Jesse James, the tight end with that throw from Justin Fields. Anyway, TJ Hawkinson is my tight end for my Week 8 All-Sunday team. Then for the quarterback, you know, Garoppolo was right up there. But Mike White from the New York Jets. Mike White, a guy who we were saying, who the hell is that? When Zach Wilson went down last week with an injury. But Mike White, 37 of 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns with a couple of picks and one of those interceptions uh, being a tipped pass off the running back's hands and where the running back should have caught it. So I'm not necessarily blaming Mike White for that situation. But he is the first quarterback since 1950 to throw for 400 yards with three touchdowns in his first start. And him and Cam Newton are the only players in NFL history to throw for 400 yards in their day. Debut and Mike White did it with the New York Jets. With the New York Jets going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, his average depth of target wasn't really that big. He wasn't throwing farther than 10 yards. It was a lot of underneath stuff while the Bengals were in cover, too. <laughs> but, but, but hey, still, when you do that and you manage to get the win, and not only that, but have the receiving touchdown at the end of the game to seal it, I understand the call against the Bengals was terrible. It was a helmet-to-helmet play, and the Bengals could have gotten the ball back where they could have possibly scored and, and gotten at least to, to tie the game and possibly win it. But it was the Jets and Mike White who came out on top, so he's good enough to be my quarterback for my Week 8 All-Sunday team. And then I go to my running back. And one guy that I got to give it to in a week where running backs didn't make a ton of difference, but I got to give it to Elijah Mitchell here. I thought he was crucial down the stretch. Big play after big play after big play. And then when they got down to the one after Debo Samuel's 83-yard touchdown, they got down to the one, and then Lakin Tomlinson was called for a holding penalty, and they ended up going back to the six. There's a run play that Elijah Mitchell had where he got down to the two, which was a big, big step in getting a touchdown there and salvaging a score in what could have possibly been another muffed possession where they got all the way down inside the five into the red zone. So shout out to Elijah Mitchell, 18 carries, 137 yards, and then that push for the touchdown where every one of his teammates contributed. He's a big reason as to why the 49ers got that win yesterday, 33-22. to He also tired out the defense. Once they, By the time they got to the second half, all they had to do was a toss sweep to Elijah Mitchell, and that was just tiring out the Bears' defense. They weren't ready for that in the second half. So shout out to him. And then my wide receiver one, my number one guy here for week eight, well, it is Debo Samuel. Third down and 20. Boy, you'd love to have some of these weapons that the Niners are missing right now. Yeah, you, can't, you can't stress enough, right? You'd love Khalil Mack if you're Chicago, but I'll tell you, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you'd love to have George Kittle. 
plays like this that they'd love to have him. They'll go with the screen to Samuel, though. He's got blockers and a first down and more. Foot race, Samuel, lunging to the pylon. Touchdown! 84 yards. The longest play of the season for San Francisco. Six receptions, 171 yards, and it should have been the it should have been the touchdown there. But ultimately, it got taken back because of his uh, because he stepped out of bounds. But I do think that watching this game gave me a little bias here and paying attention fully to this one because. To me, I know A.J. Brown had a good game for the Titans, but to me, Debo Samuel was the spark that the Niners needed in order to get this going. That catch that he had on that 50-yard throw from Garoppolo, I understand it was a great throw and he put it in only a spot where he could get it, but not a lot of wide receivers would catch that football. And then he had that 84-yard run or 83-yard run that could have possibly been a touchdown on the screen pass. Uh, Those plays right there were huge. And then just any time that he's a threat in the middle of the field, it scares the defense. It makes them think, and I think that showed out yesterday. And Debo Samuel is good enough to get my number one spot. I mean, Tyler Lockett had a good day, 12 receptions for the 142 yards. Chris Godwin had a good day for Tampa Bay in their loss, eight receptions for 140 yards. Amari Cooper at the end of that game for Dallas. I mean, Amari Cooper, I know we're going to be looking at Cooper Rush, but you got to look at the number 19 with the guy with, the, with Cooper on the back of his jersey. He was fantastic in that game on that final drive uh, for the Cowboys in order for them to get the win last night. But no one was j- as good as Debo to me. I mean, that dude is built like a tank. I mean, he's six feet, over 200 pounds, and that man can move. And he was moving at a rate of 20 and a half miles an hour yesterday. 20 and a half. So Debo Samuel is my wide receiver for my Week 8 All-Sunday team. So as it goes, the O-line, the Steelers for what they did against the Browns. My defensive line, or excuse me, that was my defensive line. My O-line is the Saints and what they were able to do against the Buccaneers. My safety was Justin Simmons. My cornerback was Stephon Gilmore. My linebacker was Shaq Thompson. Then my quarterback was was Mike White. My running back was Elijah Mitchell. My tight end was TJ Hawkinson. And my wide receiver one was Debo Samuel. Now, I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. From the 831, so biased with Mitchell, Najee was better. And that could have been true. That could have been true. But I was just watching every single snap and realizing how big of a deal it was when Elijah Mitchell was getting these tiny runs that no one's paying attention to. Maybe, you know, maybe that is bias on my part. But, hey, it is my list here for Week 8 all Sunday. If you want to call in with yours at 831 feet, please feel free at 888-957-9570. But here's where I'm at, and this is what I want to know. Because I got a text here from the 408. Bears are trash. Don't get too excited. If you're a 49er fan, is that how you're feeling right now? How are you feeling as a 49er fan after watching that game yesterday at 888-957-9570? Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't think there's much of a bigger picture story to go with here i mean if the if the saints are without Jameis winston we have yet to await uh, what happened with him but he was on crutches at the end of the game and jane slater uh, uh, of, of the nfl network she reported that it was a, a knee injury and a possible acl so if that happens and he's out for the rest of the season 
I mean, that's looking good right there because the Saints are right up there with the uh, with the Forty ers in terms of their conference standing. And the way that they got that win over the Bears, it was a good one, but it was very timely. Because right now, you're at, what, 3-4? and four? You're right there with the Vikings. The Panthers, I don't know what's going to be happening with the Panthers moving forward. You know, they're 4-4 four and four on this season, and they got that win over the Falcons. But how, how, how sustainable is that really when Sam Darnold's possibly going to be out again? I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, the Saints at 5-2, and two, I know they got that win last night, but if Jameis is out, I mean, that's going to be a huge blow for that team. Then you got the Rams and the Buccaneers who just lost to the Saints. You got the Cowboys with that win last night for Cooper Rush. Uh, the Cardinals could be without Kyler Murray for the next week or two. It depends how this week goes. But the 49ers, with that win and the fact that they're getting healthier, they got it at the right time. It really, It really saved their season. It did. Like that's what that win was, because it, it it was it got to a point where, you know, you got really the season to lose, right? And Garoppolo has a chance to possibly lose his job. There was the article that was written. It it it, it got published at six in the morning before the morning slate of games. And Ian Rappaport had reported from NFL Network that sources were saying that if Jimmy Garoppolo continues to lose, that it's going to be Trey Lance's job uh, coming soon, was what he used. So I'm very, uh, I'm very interested to see where this goes from now on. It saved his job. I think Kyle Shanahan had saved, I don't know if he saved his job, but he definitely saved his standing with the fans. The fans were starting to really turn on Shanahan, really were, and even toward the end of the first half with the fact that he was ticking down some of the clock uh, at the uh, at the end of the first half, it was really odd. They had you know a minute fifteen to work with, and then they let thirty. Then they had the play, then they let thirty seconds go down, and then they didn't call a timeout until that next play, which was run, and then they had twenty five seconds left after the timeout. Very odd. Very odd, but I think Kyle Shanahan has uh, has saved himself a little bit of that Twitter hate for the next week. I could I could say that at least. Again, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Dre from Lamar. Dre from Lamar. How you doing, Dre? I'm doing good. Top of the morning to you, brother. What you got? Uh, hey, I thought Jimmy looked good yesterday. You know, of course, Debo looked good. Running game looked better, but Cleo Mack wasn't on that field. Right. And I think that's a big part of why Jimmy looked good. He didn't get happy feet. Cleo, I'd like to think Jimmy would have still done the same or Ferdinand without Cleo, but yeah. to be honest, I don't think he would have. So he, he needs, you know, let's hope he progresses this season and plays better with an outstanding D lineman coming his way. Right. I know one thing. I was really mad when Phil scored that last TD and went the opposite way. That's just not in Jimmy's game, and that's our defensive fault. That's not Jimmy's, but let's see what happens when he plays up against a formidable defensive line. That's not a formidable defensive line without Khalil there. I appreciate the phone call, Dre, and, and and that's an interesting point because they didn't give up the sack. They didn't really. Uh, Jimmy looked comfortable, and the offensive line I thought looked fantastic yesterday. I thought uh, they were keeping these guys out of the pocket, letting Jimmy work. I mean, there was that 
that play, what was it, the first possession, I think, where Trent Williams ended up getting called for holding? And then Garoppolo had like 20 seconds worth of time to throw the ball. And Trent Williams is just, I don't know who it was rushing him, but Trent Williams is just he's just keeping this dude planted, not letting him go anywhere. He wasn't holding him. He just got leverage on the guy, and the guy couldn't do anything against him. There were certain plays like that, but Jimmy, what most, what impressed me the most about yesterday's game from Jimmy were his third down stats, because that was the knock last week against the Colts. Against the Colts, they were 1-for-11 overall on third down. And when it came to first and second down, here's how the numbers go. Split by downs here. First down, 7 of 10. He completed 7 of his 10 attempts on first down for 118 yards. Second down, he completed 5 of his 12 attempts for 60 yards. So not good on second down. But then on third down... He completed five of his six third down attempts for 144 yards, which is an average of 24 yards per attempt. Now, I understand those numbers are slightly inflated because that Debo Samuel run was on a third and 20. I do understand that, but Garoppolo still, I thought, remained composed in the pocket. And, you know, Dre, there is something to that. Maybe the fact that he wasn't getting pressured, that's when we see the best of Jimmy. And and the Bears just might not be a very good team, but look... A win's a win. <laughs> a win's a win. How much more? What much? What more can you really feed off of that? What more criticism can you really feed off of that? If the Bears aren't a good team, okay, so what? But the Niners have somehow remained alive within this NFC playoff race, and I know it's crazy to start talking about the playoffs, but this was much needed. It was much needed, just not only for you know Garoppolo and Shanahan, but for the team mentally. I can't imagine what it's like being in that locker room and, you know, the way that Fred Warner and Debo Samuel have talked after games, they're saying, no, we're a better team than this. We're better. I, the, the, the record, you are what you say, your record says you are. Well, two and four, they didn't think that spoke to them. And now they're three and four and they're starting to make a little progress. You're starting to get guys back. George Kittle, most likely going to be back against the Cardinals. We have yet to see that, but, um, you know, any win you can get on any given Sunday, it's a good win and you never know. You never know within the NFC. Gosh, what a what a weird what a weird set of games yesterday. <laughs> I mean, the Jets getting the win over the Bengals, the Saints getting the win over the Buccaneers, the Cowboys getting the win over the Vikings, all of those with backup quarterbacks, the Patriots beating the Chargers twenty seven to twenty four. Buffalo and Miami was tied three three at the half. <laughs> what a weird, weird week. Just odd. From the 510, this is the problem with Niner fans. They can't give Jimmy any credit. When he has a good game, it's, oh, the other team was missing players or this team is weak. But on the same sense, they praise the defense and Shanahan. It's hilarious. It is a it is a cycle. It is a cycle that 49er fans go through when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's a cycle that a lot of fan bases go through. But, hey, look, if Brandon Ayuk can get going, too, I haven't even talked about him in this final segment, along with Debo, Elijah Mitchell, it looks like... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.